This is Al Rivera, lead designer of Star Trek Online, and you're listening to Cardi One Podcast. Bandwidth for Priority One Podcast is brought to you by Playa Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting Planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit PlayaEscondida.com to book your ultimate vacation getaway. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains, and you're listening to episode 146 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded Thursday, October 17th, 2013, live on trekradio.net, and available for download or streaming on Monday mornings at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Tony. Unfortunately, James had to uh, call in sick this week. He does send his love to everybody that's out and about in Star Trek and Star Trek Online land. Well, Tony, what do we have in store this week? We've got a pretty big episode this week. We're going to interview Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al Captain Gecko Rivera, and ask him the burning questions everyone in the community would like answers to. Not that he's going to answer all of them, but we'll go ahead and ask anyway. Before we do that, we'll be skipping Trek It Out this week and jumping right into this week in Stow News, where we'll be reviewing the latest intel on the Voth. This episode, Shivery Bean reviews The Shadow of Midas by Green Dragoon in this week's Community Spotlight segment. Later in the show, we'll open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners. Captain's Priority One Podcast survives only by your generous real-world donations. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for more information on how you can help keep this show moving forward. And a very, very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a regular basis. It's amazing. Without your ongoing support, we would not be able to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy from Priority One Podcast. Captains, don't forget that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just our podcast. We have two new guest bloggers offering their unique insights. Rob Ray of the Priority One Fleet brings you Utopia Planitia, Developing Your Fleet. And newcomer Candace Zonzinger offers her top 10 convention survival tips in Observer's Log. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to check out these great blogs. As a matter of fact, Captains, you can join the team at PriorityOnePodcast.com as a guest blogger. Share your opinions, reviews, and news with our audience. Reach out to us via email at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com if you are interested. Splatter Studios continues to produce some phenomenal Trek-inspired canvases. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for information on how you can get your hands on these one-of-a-kind pieces of Trek art. Before we move on to the show, a big thanks to everyone who took the time to nominate Priority One Podcast in this year's 9th Annual Podcast Awards. As of this recording, the nominations have not been announced yet. Regardless, we want to thank each and every one of you for taking that time. We are honored not only that you listen to the show on a weekly basis, but that you take the time and support us in such an amazing way. 
Thank you so very much. Well, let's jump right into this week's Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. We've been treated to a number of dev blogs giving us a preview of the Voth NPC ground characters. The standard soldiers seem to be following the cryptic formula of medic, soldier, engineer, and captain. But that's just the start, as art lead Jeremy Madsen put in dev blog number four. At one point, our lead designer, Captain Gecko, said, All I want is dinosaurs with frickin' laser beams on their heads. We all chuckled. And then he said, No, I'm being serious. This is a game. Let's have some fun. <laughs> I wish I was sitting in that meeting. Yeah, so we were all laughing, and then Al sitting up there with, you know, like his Dr. Evil face on. He's totally bald, so we could pull the Dr. Evil thing off. And then we're all laughing at him, and then he's like, no, I, I really mean it. I want dinosaurs with the laser beams. So when the boss wants frickin' dinosaurs with frickin' laser beams, you do not deliver mutated sea bass, even if they are ill-tempered. So you give them dinosaurs, and that's what we're getting three different kinds of dinosaurs with the frickin' laser beams, actually. Take it away, Elijah. That's right. Of course, you give me the part where there are difficult names to say. All right. The first species is the Dankanosaurus. These are our STO Zerglings who have inherited the Mugato throw-you-down-and-eat-you attack. Up next, we have the Furiodons, literally the heavy artillery version. They will lob mortars and frickin' laser beams from long range. Then we have the Viriosaurus Rex, the juggernaut of the bunch. It's a small T-Rex with armor and death rays and razor spikes and poison fangs and venomous claws and expired prescription drugs and raw shellfish and unwashed produce and matches within reach of children. It's super dangerous! Super dangerous. <laughs> I can't wait for the memes to start popping up with these these dinosaurs. <laughs> Me too. But wait, there's more. As if dinosaurs with lasers wasn't enough, how about armored battle suits? The Ceratopsid-class exosuit boasts dual rapid-fire cannons, a siege shield which stops all attacks against its forward quarter, and a mortar battery to attack you ballistically when that shield is active. And then the Decentris-class exosuit. Well, this suit goes one better with frickin' rocket boots and electromagnetic pulse and a lava puddle maker beam thingy and its sea shield. Yeah, it's reflective. So why are you shooting yourself? Huh? Why are you shooting yourself? Doesn't that hurt? Why don't you stop? Why don't you stop shooting yourself with the reflective sea shield, huh? So this has got to be the biggest update to ground combat since Season 4's retool of the whole system. You know, we've got humongous monsters. The mini T-Rex is explicitly in the devlog says I mean, you have to have a squad to take this thing down. Well, that's the thing is I don't think it's a mini T-Rex. From the screenshots, these things look like they're about as tall as trees, like the big monstrous snowman from the, the winter event. I'm saying mini T-Rex in the way I would say like mini battle cruiser or mini double-decker bus. I mean, it's still big. You know, I gotta say though, I'm I'm really excited for what's coming here in Season 8. You're right. This is probably the biggest update to ground combat since Season 4. But more uniquely, let's say they do introduce new mechanics. I don't care. I think it's really cool that we're actually going to be fighting these monstrous beasts. This is actually the first diversion, I would say, from hardcore cannon into now, let's have some fun. We'll use cannon to actually have some fun, and we're going to actually fight dinosaurs. I mean, that's super cool. I think that's I think that's a nice touch and nice addition to 
to this MMO and to this gameplay? I'm going to say, you know, it's been noted to me uh, amongst fleet members of mine and on the forums and such that the Avenger-class battlecruiser takes some cues from the J.J. Prize uh, starship, specifically, you know, the, uh, the the ship model on the desk of the Admiral, Marcus. Takes some cues, and it's aggressive-looking, and it's kind of blocky and chunky and square. I think the other thing that maybe the designers are doing is taking some of the scale. Remember the the big fat ice monster that doesn't belong on the ice planet at all because it's a crab? Right. The first uh, J.J. Trek movie? That's a big animal, and it's big and scary and mean-looking, and there's really no reason why that thing should be on an ice planet. But the devs are saying, well, okay, we can take big and scary and maybe come up with some sort of gameplay reason why those things might be in a Star Trek game. I'm actually really excited to do this ground combat and I don't I can't remember the last time I was excited to do ground combat I hate ground combat but I might try this I do I hate it too I really I really do not like ground combat actually I don't remember the last time I was on the ground for anything to do any sort of mission but this is something I'm really excited to do I I want to fight these big bad monsters yeah, it's a different game experience from what we've done in Star Trek Online for the last three years, so kudos. All right, moving on to the next piece of Star Trek Online news. All of the Dilithium projects are back. If you've missed out on the opportunity to decorate your Starbase, Embassy, or Dilithium mine with one of these featured projects, now's your chance to get that tapestry or window treatment you've been dying to see. Foundry challenge number eight voting is live. Now that the Foundry is back in semi-working order, Brand Flakes has restarted the Foundry challenge program where he gets a little verklempt and gives you a topic. This time it's not coffee and dogs and daughters. It's time travel. Discuss amongst yourselves. So if you're up for a little trip down reversible memory lane, check out this round's entries. We'll have a link in our show notes to the post that lists all of the missions up for consideration. Up for a little role-playing? Well, the 26th Fleet has authored a guest blog that invites anyone who wants to act out their own five-year mission to come aboard their Starbase for some cross-fleet storytelling. As a continuation of the efforts of the Roleplay Roundtable Cryptic organized with the Trust Fleet back in February, the 26th Fleet is opening up their base as a social zone for Trek RP. If you're looking for a creative and inclusive group to roleplay with while you're in-game, they're inviting any and all interested parties to join their in-game chat channel, channel underscore join, spacebar, SB381. Well, Captains, that wraps up this week in Star Trek Online News, keeping it short and sweet this week so that we can move on to the highlight of this episode, our interview with Star Trek Online lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization, Sisko Alpha 1 Alpha. Logs accessed. This episode, we welcome back Star Trek Online's lead designer, Al, Captain Gecko Rivera. Al, thank you so much for joining us again here on Priority One Podcast. Hey guys, it's good to be back. All right, Tony, take it away. All right, well, let's start out, Al, with our usual game, A Cryptic Dev Agrees with Tony. We're going to change up the rules just a little bit this time, though, just to keep it fresh. So, okay. All right, all right. In an October 18th interview with Trek FM, at around the 12-minute mark... You were asked about the reasons behind changing Lobby to an account-bound item, and you stated, quote, for the most part, and this will be a very slow transition, so this is not any type of commitment that I'm saying, but I'm trying to think more 
of the player is the customer, not the character is the customer. And at the 32 minute mark in episode 143 of Priority One, released on September 26th, I stated, quote, and so I'm hoping that the idea is that Cryptic starts to treat each account as a customer, not each character on the account as a customer, end quote. So obviously my psychic takeover of the Star Trek Online team is complete, and now they are under my complete mental control. So instead of the usual rules where I try to answer the question and you tell me if I'm wrong, this time you go ahead and answer <laughs> and I'll tell you if you're right. Okay. All right. You ready for the, <laughs> all right? You ready? All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Elijah, why don't, you, why don't you take it away? Take it away. All right. The first question is, uh, this one comes in from some guy. I don't really know him. Some but guy. He goes by the name PWE Brandflakes, and he asks, how can he save 15% on his car insurance? <laughs> is that the question? We can certainly obviously switch to Captain Gecko anytime, sure. Save 15% on his Starship insurance. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, Starship and car insurance with Captain Gecko. You are correct. Well, well done. Well done. Well, point for you. All right. Matt Miracle asks, are you still geeked out from meeting all the Star Trek celebs from the Vegas convention? That, we could talk about that for hours. That was, that was <laughs> huge. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it, took uh, me it took me almost uh, it took me at least a month before I took off my, uh, my, my convention badge off my wrist. That was pretty crazy. If any, I, I've got the whole thing online, if, uh, if, including the uh, interview with Denise Crosby, you know, the, the, the dev panel and the, uh, and the wedding and, and tons of pictures are up on um, trekoflife.weebly.com. And uh, so you can check out the whole ceremony, everything up there. So priority one was my uh, were my ushers. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Lynn was the triple bearer, and and so was uh, and so was uh, Riza. DJ Riza was the other triple bearer. So it was uh, that was uh, if you guys haven't if anyone hasn't seen the wedding, it was uh, or the, the the wedding renewal. That was uh, that that can't be topped. At this point, it really can't be top, so that was just a pretty amazing experience. So do you think you're going to go to Vegas next year? Well, probably. I know yeah. you guys are talking about going to Dragon Con. Um, I'd like to go to Dragon Con, but there's, it's not realistic to go to both. And, yep. and, and realistically, we, you know, I need to go to, uh, to, to Vegas, Star Trek Con. Um, sure that, you know, it's, it's, uh, we'll probably have events and speakers, and it's just no point for me to go into Dragon Con. So hope you guys change your mind, and I know you want to hit the East, East Coast fans, and it looks, looks pretty amazing out there. But, but, uh, hey, but know, we're, we're, we're growing. Maybe we do both. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe you do, do both. both. I know. It'd be nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll probably end up going to, uh, to, to, to Vegas again next year. We'll have to see what, uh, what the company is, uh, is doing or has planned at that time. Okay. All right. All right. Good. So the three correct for you so far. Good job. Doing well. Right. Doing All real right. well. All right. And we have a Klingon fan here asking. Uh, this is Sexer Pakung. Okay. <laughs> he he asks, when will we see some oh ridges on that forehead of yours? Some what? Uh, I don't understand the question. Uh, oh. The ridges. The ridges are there. I just. Uh, they're they're just there. I wear a little. I wear a little prosthetic. Okay. The bridges. Uh, I'm going to give you half credit on that one because we all know the Romulan ridges. They're not Klingon ridges. We all know that. So I am. Uh, I'm going to give you. <laughs> In the spirit of a true Romulan, lies, lies. It's a fake. It's a fake. Tony, what's his final score? Five and a half. 
five and a half. Sounds five good. Five and a half. Nicely done. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes for this interview and start talking about season eight and uh, perhaps a little bit of the featured episode coming up. All right, so we've got uh, one question coming in from BrickmasterJack8 and Sean Newboy, and they would like to know, uh, the, if possible, any additional details uh, on the rewards, uh, perhaps even the release date for the next featured episode. Uh, the rewards or the release date? Well, um, release date uh, has been has keep getting pushed back for damn good reason, and I'd love to tell you, um, but it should. But um, it will be. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't been announced yet. It will be announced very shortly. I believe I saw October 31st. I do think I saw that somewhere. Is that um, if you bells? if you're that's that sounds about right to me. Okay. We, we won't. We won't. We won't count that as a confirmation. But that's what Tony saw. Yeah, I don't know where you saw that, but uh, if, if 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 that, then that sounds about right. Yes. Okay. And now that we know there's a date. Can you now tell us what the super surprise is, or do we still have to wait? No, no. You still have to wait. Uh, Dang it. <laughs> well, let me let me ask this: Was the the reason for the featured episode being pushed back? Was it for that super secret surprise? Is it for that reward? Because I, I remember you saying in the Trek FM interview that there would be a ship released with it. Um, is it because of that? Is that is that one of the reasons why it's been pushed back? No, I mean, every you know, the, the episode's been basically done for a month now. So, uh, and it is it is freaking amazing. It, trying not to sound like a broken record, but yes, this, the, the episode uh, is absolutely amazing. It was made by uh, by Kate, too, who was at Vegas. You guys met, yep. and it is mm-hmm. uh, it, it is it is really amazing. And I, I wish we could have released it a little earlier, but it's it's fine. And um, there will be uh, yeah, there'll be a ship associated with it. There'll be a you know there'll be a limited time for while you play it. The mission you if you play it while it's been released, you get you get a ship out of it. After the uh, featured time, it will the ship will no longer be available. There's also some other some other rewards that come with it as well that will continue with it once the episode is uh, past its featured stage, um, and uh, and then we'll also probably do something like uh, do a featured episode replay during that time. And during that time, you'll be able to uh, earn low buy, which dovetails us back into your first question there or your first comment about low buy being account bound. Now you'll be able to earn low buy in the featured episode replay, but um, account bound wise. So. Um, which was one of the things that was holding us back from letting you um, trade low buy across your characters. So now you'll be able to, on an account, earn a daily uh, low buy reward during featured episode replay, but not not on each character. So now, so that the problem was is people will just keep making free accounts over and over and over again and collecting more and more low buy. So now, now that won't. Uh, so now we don't have that problem. So, so this so is now be, an, it, it's an account-wide cooldown now. So you yes, log it's an in account-wide daily cooldown, okay. right? All mm-hmm. right. So you log in once on your Fed yeah. character and do it, and then you can't yeah. log in on your Klingon character and then do it and get five more little buy or whatever. Yeah. What what I can tell you, yes, that is correct. What I can tell you about the featured episode is about all that I want to tell you because uh, you know it's all it's a it's a very story-driven episode, and I don't want to talk any spoilers about the story, but. It's a story-driven episode, and it's uh, it will it's a prequel to to season eight and the Dyson Sphere, and um, it's how it's how we connect the current story to the next story. It's our hand it's a handoff, and um, that's that's and, and there'll be a ship reward associated with it, and it's very it's very Trek lore heavy. 
and um, it's going to be pretty amazing. So that's about all that I can really say, and I'd love to talk more about it. But so, um, uh, let me just—I I did this last night. I went back and I watched the Dyson Sphere from Star Trek: Next Generation mm -hmm. relics. Yeah, and I watched uh, the Omega Directive. Okay. Uh, on Voyager. Voyager. And I watched um, uh, Distant Origin, also mm -hmm. Voyager. Right. Am those I are those are good episodes. episodes? Uh, yes, you're probably missing missing an episode, and I'm not going to say what it is. Um, oh come on! I can't going to say. It's too much. If right. I told you the episode, it would be a complete reveal. It would. So, okay. All right. I, I okay. can talk about mechanics. We can talk about like uh, you know a lot of stuff, especially stuff that's coming up on season eight. And and, and but, oh, we'll, but get the story, we'll get there. Story. The story is the one thing that I you know we didn't even want to talk about the Omega Directive. We didn't want to talk about that. But well, just you kind of gave it away with the Boronite. Yeah, well, yeah, it's in, and as the, and as the, some of the content goes out onto Tribble, they'll uh, there's there's text and dialogue in there that starts talking about omega particles. So we kind of some of those things start 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 leaking out. But as much as the story, I mean, as much as the story as possible, we want to try to keep the surprise. All right, so. we'll, we'll quit we'll quit, we'll quit hassling you and just wait till October thirty first. We think. So, but uh, we had a question come in uh, from Arcade Master that uh, asked, well, does this mean that the Season 8 release has also been delayed because the featured episode hasn't been delayed, or is that timeline still on track? Um, it, it's uh, internally, I think it technically may or may not have been uh, released a week just to give people more time to play through the, uh, the featured episode. You know, you want to okay. have a, don't want to squish them too close together, but only by, but only by a week. And not for technical stuff. It's just more like just for letting people soak yeah. up the new content and have a chance to play it. Yeah, just just to get a good cadence because okay. I mean, to, 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 I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit uh, more. The the featured episode gets released, and then with that, we do the featured episode replay. But there's also going to be a little event that will launch as a result of the actions that take place in the featured episode. There'll be an event Ooh. that will last a that will last a couple weeks. Okay, a global, so and then, so we need to, we want to let that play out, and then, okay, and so, we release season eight. So as as we're closing down the crystalline catastrophe event, we're going to have something that will take that event's place. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Excellent. As as a result of your actions in the featured episode, this event happens in the world. Ah. Right. Ah, so we want nice. that to play out before releasing season season eight. Okay. So we're okay, still kind I, of on track for a for a mid late November ish. Kind of mm -hmm. Sounds about okay. right. Okay. okay, is it the episode that you won't tell us because it would give it away? Is which era is? Can you just tell us the era? The era of which what, is it? What, what TOS, TNG, Voyage. Oh, yeah, it's a T TNG. Okay. All right. There's okay. That narrows it down to seven seasons. Okay. <laughs> Start watching them now. Does it? You know, is it in season three? Oh, but there's the movies. But there's the movies. <laughs> Forgot the movies too. <laughs> So we, we talked a little bit about the uh, the ship being given away, and uh, Keeney, I don't know how much more you can talk about it, but Keeney75 asks, um, it's being described as a full carrier. Is it different to the standard two-carrier that we have at the moment? Two-hanger carrier, I'm sorry, two-hanger carrier. Uh, it's it's a two-hanger carrier. It's not it's not like a you know, four-hanger carrier. We, we played with the idea of one day doing a ship that's, all carrier, right? Something like four, four hangar bays or something. This, this is not, this is not what that is. No, this, this is a, a, this is a super tank kind of kind of carrier. No. Ooh, got a special, yeah, it's got a special, it's got a special ability on it. And, 
sort of stuff. So cool. I won't talk too much about it. It's uh, it's yeah, it's not a, uh, it's not a, um, it's not a, it's not like a Federation or a Romulan or a Klingon ship. There aren't three different versions. It's one special ship. Okay. Very cool. Um, uh, so and I'll, also, I'll, I'll even tease this. I'll even, I'll, I'll even throw another teaser out there. It is tied to, and so is season eight, something from a pre, the previous featured episode that we did some time ago. There's a little, there's a little throwback to like, like, oh, that's where that's from, kind of hmm. thing. So not only do you have to watch all of Star Trek Next Generation, all the movies, now we have to go back and replay all the featured episodes, too. Yeah, because there's something like, what the hell is that? You know, what's what's You're that about? Uh, he's being sneaky and yeah. revealing at the same time. Nice yeah. Well, Captains, here's your community question for this week. Help us speculate what Al Rivera's talking about here. <laughs> Leave your comments in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com. He, he's wearing his tinfoil. Well, a helmet. I can't get through. Nothing's yep. coming. No signal. There's no signal on the psychic, uh, psychic wave band. Uh, well, uh, we've got some questions from several people. Drama Llama 2010. Tony Almeida. Love the name, Drama Llama. That's awesome. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's a good one. And this, I like this one bigger. Brigadoom. Brigadoom. Uh, Brigadoom. He also he joins in this question. Can we expect any rideable mounts, like riding dinosaurs, or maybe small craft va- ground vehicles like the Argo with season eight? No, 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 no dino riders. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, no, no ground vehicles. All, all the content on, on well, is, is I mean, more and more stuff is coming up on Tribble. Um, the, you know, the, the the ground battle zone is on Tribble right now, so you mm. can see there's no ground vehicles. There's no. There, there's a lot of really crazy RMD and new crazy stuff we did with season eight as far as you know, technologically and, and gameplay wise, and so. Um, so but no dinosaur saddles that are no plus, plus two to damage. No, 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 so. no, no critical hit dinosaur reins or, or, or no. rhinos. And everything, no. everything that's on the ground is on the is is already out on triple right now, minus bugs and polish and more little things. So there's no more big surprises other than you know the rewards are polished. Can I make right. a request for game mechanic? Can it be something like we we walk up to it and we have to we can hijack it, ride it, and then control it? That'd be awesome. We we had tried and we may eventually do you know there there's the there's the power the power mechs the power armor mechs or whatever you want to call them that are that are down there and we 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 tried really hard to get the ability for you to jump into one and, and drive one around hijack one um, but we just we weren't able to get it we were just we we're just way too busy and bit off more than we could chew so we might throw like in the future a uh, uh, the ability for you to do that um, or. Or even have like we talked about have opening up a PvP map of like mechs versus mechs, just just you know just just jumping in there for fun for as a temporary puppet, temporary temporary ship, kind of like when you fly a ship temporarily in a uh, in a special episode. But um, but no, there's no you, there's no dino riding. That's really really hard actually if you want to get your character riding on a dino because you've got to see uh, you've got to get your character art on top of something and then all these special if you're going to be shooting your animations that's like that you could spend a whole year on making that work right taking over a taking over a mech where you don't see your character and then you just get the powers associated with that mech is a little something a little more uh, a little more realistic to do but uh, it's not something we're focusing on right now all right matt miracle asks now that the voth are coming are we going to get a dyson or delta triple for season eight testing uh, on the triple server. Yeah, there probably will be a uh, a uh, 
a Dyson or season eight, you know, Voth triple or something sort of special triple. We pretty much always do that. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to do that because we're, we're, we're we, we, I don't know when we're going to cut loose season, uh, triple uh, season eight and triple to the general population right now. It's restricted to subscribers. Um, but we will make sure that everybody has a chance to earn that triple. Um, and I'm, um, not 80% certain that 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 will happen as far as making the trip. I, I don't see any reason why that won't happen, but it's, I don't want to make a commitment. But it's Tri Tribbles aren't exactly hard to make when you're talking in comparison no. to riding, riding a dinosaur, right? No, uh, tribbles aren't hard to make. It's not a matter of whether or not we'll have time to make the triple. We can, we can make the triple. It's, it's really a matter of um, matter of uh, how they want to manage, how, how production and how customer service and, and, and how, the, how much the IT department wants to manage public testing of, of Tribble, right? And then if we, you know, do, I, I believe we're going to do, a, you know, completely open it up to everybody, but there may be reasons why they won't. Um, so that that's where if it doesn't happen with them, whether or not we, then we won't necessarily do the Tribble. Um, I mean, bottom line is whenever we cut, open up a season like this for for Tribble testing, our, our server, our, you know, Holodeck server usage goes down a lot. And, and it ends up costing us money. It really does. People are playing the new content, and then and then that, and then they've played the content, and then they're less interested in playing the content later on once it hit holodeck. So, um, so this is, there actually is a cost associated with it. So, um, well, and right now it's it's open to subscribers, so subscribers yeah. are doing that. But these are the guys that have already decided this game is worth something to me, and they'll yeah. hand you money for it. So, right. is, is it? Are you? Is this maybe a shade of things to come? Is it going to be something like, well, let's keep Tribble for people that have already made a financial commitment to the game? Well, I don't that... think necessarily Tribble in general would ever be completely restricted to uh, to, to uh, subscribers. But when we're doing a big test like this, um, I, I I do think that opening up, say, for instance, Legacy of Romulus to the general population for such a long time, it, you know, I think we did hurt us a little, right? You did, we did see a drop in population on Holodeck because everybody was wanting to play that new content so much because it was, it was, it was just so popular. It was awesome. I was so one everyone of those was populations. on Tribble, right? And I, so while I, every, yeah. if if people are playing on Tribble, they're not playing on Holodeck, and when they're not on Holodeck, they're not, they're not spending money. And you know, we're we're business like anything else, and and, and rely on that on that uh, predicted revenue flow in order to keep the doors open. So, um, so it did. Uh, it did. There, there was there was a notice. There was a change, and so we said, "Ooh, we, you know that that was a little dangerous." And then we worried that you know how much of the content that people already just finished the content and then was less interested in seeing it later when uh, when it was live on Holodeck. So, so we're uh, so so that's. I don't want to get speculate too much on what will happen. I don't think we're ever going to completely restrict Tribble to 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 subscribers only. But I think you know what they're doing now is 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 what they're experimenting with, and the dynamic process will keep changing. Well, because I was thinking, you know, that's that's one of the reasons. Like you asked me, no, because you, well, you asked me if I if I had gone on Tribble, and you know, we have this podcast, and uh, it's important that we do our research. But that's that is a, a, a even a feeling that I have is that once it gets on Tribble, and if I've tested it on Tribble, I lose that that urge to play it again on holodeck so i can mm -hmm. i can fully understand that that why that would happen and and it's interesting to see that um that that statistic is in fact uh, occurring i have no it's such cer it's certainly measurable it is definitely yeah. measurable i mean myself i don't like to play 
betas when games come out. Yeah, right? do I. When, when, when there's like when Diablo beta came out and was oh let's play the beta says, and it's like oh I finished the game. Says what the hell did you finish the Diablo beta for? It's mm-hmm. like you just completely. It's, it's not even done. It's probably you know it's got bugs. It's it's not complete. The character is not going to be saved. I don't unless they did something weird with saving the character. But I want to experience it as you know. It's like watching all the trailers for a movie over and over again and being disappointed that the, uh, <laughs> that the <laughs> all the good lines they used all the good lines all the good lines it's like I turn my head and there's a movie that I'm really excited about I turn my head and don't watch the trailer like like the new trailer I went out last night and saw Gravity and I saw the trailer for the, the new Hobbit movie and I said I don't know I just don't want I don't want to watch it yeah. so um, so I, I uh, so personally as myself I don't I don't I don't like playing too much uh, too much of a beta of something now, I, I this is not a message from the lead direct from the lead designer saying nobody play on Tribble because it's funny <laughs> because we absolutely do want people to play on Tribble. Yeah, next um, time we'll be on the interview going, God, we didn't get enough feedback, feedback on the technical <laughs> stuff, and that we're yeah. screwed. Yeah. So, so that's that's not the message I'm trying I'm trying to say, but uh, but I but but I do find it interesting that people want to consume all the content, uh, and uh, I, I like to just get a little taste. All right, Tony, I'll. Tony Almeida 2 asks, It was said in previous interviews that Season 8 would contain the biggest update or upgrade for the doffing system uh, since its original release. Is that still on track? And if so, what spoilers can be given with regards to its content? That sounds like something Dan might have said. <laughs> it was, in fact, something Dan might have said. It doesn't sound like something that I would say. We are, we, we, we are planning to do some... Uh, uh, updates to the doffing system. There is nothing, uh, anything about that plan got scrapped a long time ago with the with the magnitude of work that we did for season eight. So there is no changes being made to the doff system with season eight. We still have plans for an uh, a, a update or modification to uh, to the to the duty officer system, but um, and and we have a, a pretty good one, and we have a and. And uh, right now we're, we're looking at season nine or our next update um, for that. I, I, I think Dan but might have said season nine, so maybe the, the person might. Have maybe he said that. Maybe, that, that, maybe he was hoping yeah. season eight. The, yeah, the perhaps. I mean, I mean, the bottom line is that we have all you know. We have all these things that we want to do. Like we want to revamp PvP, right? We want to revamp PvP. We want to revamp exploration. We want to revamp crafting. We want we want to add, uh, add or revamp the duty uh, add to or revamp the duty officer system and and a number of whatever other systems that we want to do. And you know every season we go in with all these here's all these big things that we want to add. It says yeah this is a good time to do this one this one this one and then you end up you have all these hopes and dreams for it and then you do have the schedule and you realize yeah we really can't do that right now because this is higher priority <laughs> and you just you know it's it's they're, they're on the list and and. There are just there are just certain priorities that that just have to make that have to go out first, and then what? And then if there's time, you work on it a little bit, um, and then and, and and then you you finish what's important. So um, there's uh, I think that really right now on uh, for for me the crafting and and duty officer updates are like those are like really on my crosshairs right now for for upcoming seasons, but nothing nothing for season eight. The, there there are no new systems for season eight other than um change to the, repu- the the current change to the reputation system that we're experimenting with 
and the uh, quasi ground territory control stuff. That's necessary. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's technically content, so it's not it's not no. Uh, it, it is a system, I guess. By as far as the users are concerned, it, it is a it is a system, but it's uh it's not one made by the system's designers. It is it is built. It is something done entirely by the content team and certainly engineers, but. Uh, and we, I, I tend to I tend to think of things as systems or content uh, as separated by the people who make them on the team. So. We're, I, I'd rather we, we can we can we can skip that discussion about what's content and what's not content if that's okay yeah. with you. Is that that's right? fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can move past that if, if you'd like if, if yeah. that's okay. But because Ice Gavel uh, wants to know about one of these, uh, uh, I'm going to call it a system, but you might call it content. Uh, what exactly does the Phase Cloak do on the Val- Voth Palisade frigates? What is what's the mechanic behind that Phase Cloak? Uh, on the critter ship, the the, yeah. the Phase Cloak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that, uh, and and geez, I haven't looked at that in a long time. That was Jeff, someone named Jeff Hamilton who did the Voth, uh, who who did the blogs for the ship. To, he worked on those closely. Um, it is a slightly different cloak in that I believe there, like, there's no ambush associated with it when it decloaks, but there's a, it's 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 got a, even if you detect the ship, it has a very very high, like, damage resistance rating because it's out of phase. It's nothing particularly oh, okay. special. So it's more of a defensive cloak than an offensive cloak, right? Well, a cloak generally, your cloak, your shields are down, and and you decloak, and then you can ambush a target. This one is your the shields are technically down, but it's got a, it's, it's it's since it's out of phase, it's got a high damage resistance, and when it decloaks, it, there's no ambush. All right, so I want to uh, talk a little bit more now about season eight and 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 what we can expect to see. Uh, again, for those of you who haven't, uh, Track FM did a, a very great interview with uh, Our Vera that was released on the 18th, uh, and there were a few things in listening to that episode that that caught my attention. Uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around the new reputation system. So, this new reputation system is being introduced with season eight and and is not being retrofitted to the past reputation systems yet. Can you explain to us again a, a little bit about that new this new model? Sure, and uh, I'll clarify. It's it's not being added. Uh, the other reputation systems are not being retrofitted yet because right. we want to make sure we get the new one right first. Uh, because you know we released it and there was some feedback, and so we've made some adjustments. We want it. We, we're we're just trying to improve the system to make it more user friendly. Uh, I'll start with what what the motivations were as opposed to what what the uh, what exactly before I get into what the changes are. I mean, the the motivations were um, we wanted number one to make sure that every time a player logs in, that they can make definitive progress on a reputation. Um, in in most of the current reputation systems, especially as you get higher tier, projects get are they get more and more expensive. They cost more marks. They cost more things that you have to put in them like like hypo sprays or commodities or things that generally cost energy credits uh, and other other resources um, so it, it becomes it's you log in and you may you know do some work on your reputation for for a few hours and still not actually be able to have enough have enough resources to kick off the project and it just gets more and more expensive so um you know the project the, the between each tier is already getting more and more expensive just to complete anyway, and then and then having the individual projects get more and more expensive just became a little too grindy. I'll say, uh, I don't like using that word, um, but that's really what it started to feel like. 
Um, and I heard, you know, people started groaning, oh, another reputation. It's like, that's too, you know, it's too much. So we want it to be more, you know, it's, it's more, we want it to be a, a, a more of a rewards program. We want to think of it as opposed to uh, that way everyone can feel like I log in and, and I get my reward. I come in and I can just do one little thing and make my progress for the day. And if you think about it, if this system is eventually applied to all the reputations, I could log in, do some con, do one piece of content for every one of those reps, and make progress in all of those reps. Um, we don't want the reps also to have to compete so much with, say, fleet systems or other or other content where you might want to uh, earn dilithium. We want I'll do this by daily. This is my task. I can make progress. But that was the that was uh, that was one of the motivations. The other motivation was getting an instant reward. Um, that you could log in, you could do your rep, and you get some reward. Currently, you log in, you do your, you, you'll, you'll do some, some, uh, some PVE queues, or you'll do some other content associated with the reputation, and you'll, you'll then take all your marks and all your other stuff that you'll earn. You kick off the reputation. You don't get anything till the next day. And we thought that was a good idea because that would motivate you to come back the next day and collect that reward. Um, and see that progress, but you know what? That's just that's not good enough. People people want to feel like an instant gratification. So we wanted to give you a little bit more of an instant reward, instant instant uh, reward for your for your efforts. Um, and uh, the last one we wanted to do was was we wanted to make sure that any of the rewards in the reputation system they were all we wanted to make them all good. And and specifically, what I mean by that is that a lot of the reps and even uh, uh, even some of the the holdings in the fleet system. Um, is uh, they've got like Mark 10 gear first, and then Mark 11, Mark 12, and no one wanted the Mark 10 gear. They so that meant that they just I'm just going to hold off and save all my all my resources till I get to the Mark 12 gear because um, uh, uh, I just I don't I don't want the 10. 10 is useless to me. 11 is not even that great for me. Um, I want the 12. So so we uh, we wanted we, we we didn't want you to get to a tier. It says okay, wow, I've unlocked this tier and now there's a bunch of stuff that I really don't want to waste my money on. Um, when I say money, I just mean lithium or marks or whatever. So, um, so those were some of the major issues that we wanted to address. So what we what we did is what we're trying now is a system where you 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 log in and you can play one daily. I say we'll be specific. One piece of content for say in this case the Voth reputation. You can do um, you can do some battle zone. You can do some some patrols around the um, around the space adventure zone. You could do one of the other the, the one of the other PVE queues of which there's the assault aspire and the fortress PVE queue. And doing any of those contents will earn you your 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 Voth commendation token. And you take that token and you did your daily. You did your you did your task. You plug it in, and that's all you need. You also earn some marks associated with that content. So, but the and then you kick kick off your daily project in your reputation system, and it ought, it, it it kicks off and you get 2,500 XP. Um, we've adjusted that number a little bit. It's currently now 2,500, and you will immediately get a reward. You'll get a, a, a bag of loot, and that bag of loot is something from um, something from the reputation system that you can't currently purchase. Right, 
So, so you'll, it's something you'll, beyond your tier range. Oh, yes, you have a chance of getting something beyond your tier range. If you're level zero, you'll definitely get something beyond your tier <laughs> range. If yeah. you're in tier, if you're in tier four, you'll you you might get some of the lower tier stuff, but you you might get some of the higher tier stuff. And the weighting changes as you go along, so it's it's uh, it, we, we uh, so, so it changes. Um, and uh, now you in there in that loot bag, you might get a Mark Eleven, but once you unlock the tier, it only sells Mark Twelves. So you always get something out of that. So I think there's 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 a few other prizes that might that you might get rewarded as well. So you immediately get some reward associated with that. Um, then, if you want to keep playing, you can then kick off smaller projects that um, will earn you about 150 or 200 XP for the for the system. But they only take an hour. So unlike the old system, which was had two a small and a large project, both of them had like a 20-hour cooldown first one has a 20-hour cooldown, but it gives you 2,500 XP, so that's your daily. And the other ones only have one-hour cooldown, so you can go and play some content, boom, make a little more progress. And so so, so you can just keep going and going and going and, and play, play as much as you want, continue to make progress towards that rep if, you, if you'd like, if you, you know, like doing that content. We're going to continue to reward you, and every time you do that, con- that project, you'll also get a bag of loot. So you'll continue to always get a reward instantly from each one of those. So, um, so that's that's really the gist of what we've of what we've changed. Um, I uh, it's 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 just getting out there now. So the feedback's just coming in, and we've made some adjustments. Um, one of the adjustments, one of the feedbacks that we got was some players call themselves like they're like a, consider themselves like a weekend warrior. They like to log in on the current rep system and grind for hours and hours over the weekend, over Saturday and Sunday, or whatever days off they have. And load up on marks, and then they like to take those marks, and then they kick off their daily twenty-hour projects. And then every day during the week, they just log in for for three or five minutes and kick, and then collect their reward, and uh, you know collect their project and and kick off the next project with the marks they earned over the weekend, and then log back off. They don't have time to play, so they say. Um, and and so that's how that's how they prefer to play, is to load up and log in. So the current system didn't didn't account for that. What we were going for was we wanted to incentivize people to log in and play every day. Um, so, so that was something that was a big piece of feedback that people gave us. So we're looking at doing a project like if you, if you have giving you an additional project, like if you notice there's all the reputations have all these conversion projects. Like if you want to convert Right. You want to convert marks to dilithium. You want to convert ordinal processors to, to, to marks or dilithium. You can kind of convert your currencies. We're going to give another conversion process where you can convert a big bucket of marks into uh, into five of those combination tokens. Um, so if you are a weekend warrior, you can go ahead and play a whole bunch over the weekends and go ahead and earn. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort, and it's on purpose because it's people who are saying that that's how they play. So we're saying, okay, um, Go ahead and if you grind a whole bunch of content over the weekend, we'll go ahead and give you uh, we'll give you five tokens for the week, um, and so they'll be able to play in the same way that they are accustomed to playing. Um, but if they do log in that those days and you know to go and start those to start those projects, they will every day receive a reward, and maybe they'll keep playing. So that's that's where we're at with that right now, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it, and certainly we're interested in hearing all the users' thoughts on those systems. I had a couple of questions from what you're describing there. Number one, uh, it's on the loot bag. I, yeah. You know, I, I presume there's going to be a sets with this uh, reward system, much like yes. the other systems. Okay. 
Okay, so I could loot bag will not the loot bag will not contain the sets. The loot bag will contain uh, some of the other items, the guns, the the consoles, um, and I think there may be a chance. I can't remember. Like the, there is a in, in here there is a there are set items. And in order to get the set set items, you have to play the content at an elite mode. It's very much similar to the Omega to the Omega system, and you earn just like you earn a Borgno processor. There's a Voth cybernetic implant. Um, uh, uh, item that you need to to buy the the, the set items from the uh, from from right. the reputation system. To get to Twelve. Yeah, exactly. So so um, I think the loot bags. There's a chance of getting one of those Voth cybernetic implants. Well, it just seems to me like that might bring Mark Tens and Elevens back into it. If you could get the ten or the eleven set item in the loot bag and not in the store, it would just be kind of like a cool prize. And if you got the set and you dug it. Once you hit the yeah. right tier to open up the thing, then you could go ahead and buy the twelve with the, you know, with the commendation or whatever it is. You have to get the special thing. It just seems to me like you don't need to abandon the tens and twelves, but it w- that would be sort of a the the free version, the trial, the light version, the trial version. Uh, you could get a, a, a Mark Ten drop in the loot bag, and you can if you played the content often enough, your chances would go up that you get the three drops you'd need to complete the set. And then you're flying around with a Mark 10 set, and you think, oh, this is cool. And then when you finally play the content enough, hit that level, boom. Then I get the 12s, because I like it, I go buy the 12 version in the store. You know, it might be a way to keep... Yeah, I think it's a very, it's, it's a very, interesting, it's a very interesting idea. I, I, I like it. I like to consider it. My, my only concern would be that uh, they're, they're, the, some of these gears are, they're, you know, they're, 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 we're trying to make them very similar and comparable to, uh, to, to Mega Gear, and and by themselves are already pretty powerful. Um, there's there's definitely a, an increase between Mark 10 and Mark 12, but it's not huge. So I'd be worried that people would be happy with the 10s and then not want to get the 12s. But I don't know. I had to look at the feel, numbers. Feel to free see. to nerf the 10s. Yeah, you could. Yeah. So we had to. I had to take a look at number. But I think it's a good idea. Uh, I think we could consider that. Yeah, and it would get more people in the. I mean, I don't know how many people are running the Riemann system or whatever. You know, the Riemann sets or whatever, but some of those more esoteric ones where there's not as much data, the, those people don't have as much, not, there's not a fan base, you know. The Omega system has been out there forever. The right. Aegis system has been out there forever. Oh, the Aegis system needs some love too, by the way. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, well, it's, that's crafting, so. <laughs> well, but, you know, some, some where you could have that installed fan base, even if you weren't given the, the superpowers, you know. I've got the Mark 10 set. It's pretty cool. I wish that thing it did had more punch. Well, when I tear up enough in the reputation system, I can get the thing where the punch goes up twenty percent or thirty percent, whatever it is, and that way you'd have, you'd have that, inst- that that sort of fan base installed where I got it for free just by playing the content. I didn't have to give up any of my hard-earned cash, currency, tokens, whatever, uh, to to play it. But now I really like it. I just wish it were better. Now I can go buy it. Just right. that, that was my first impression on it. And then I forgot the other thing I wanted to ask about, so we can move on. No, I think it, I think it's a very interesting idea. I think it's totally totally worth uh, totally worth considering, especially oh. as we especially as we revamp the old systems um, and, yeah. and, and you know what to do with the Mark Ten Omega sets, which already exist. And maybe it's a good idea. That, that could be a good idea to just throw them into those uh, uh, into those loot reward bags. Yeah, and and actually that brings back the whole old STF method of you you wouldn't get the twelves unless you had the drops. You know. It's a hybrid of that old. If you get lucky, you get the low end stuff. Woohoo! Like you know, lucky me. I got my three Mark Tens, and I'll get the set for free. It's the low end one, but I got it for free, uh, and that's just a lucky thing. But if you want it to buy it, then you just have to gear up to the tier level, and, and then you purchase it with us. Other stuff. I remember the other question I had though. 
um, I've been harping, and I'm going to use the word harping because I really have been harping, uh, about uh, the, uh, changing it up so that you could convert things back and forth, you know, make it more easy, more easy and straightforward to, if I have an excess of one kind of ter uh, token or currency, I can convert it to something that I need. So what I'm hearing from you is that on this weekend warrior concept, you're going to make it so that there is a, a method, a short-term, 15-second, one-minute cooldown project that I have excess tokens, I can convert them into commendations or whatever the terminology is. is that, that's what I'm hearing from you. I, can, I build up an excess of these certain things because that's my play style. It will allow you to convert both you know, Dyson Sphere marks into Dyson Sphere commendations. Um, it's not designed for you to convert both marks into Omega tokens. And I, and, and, um, and and I, I have I have heard you talk about this in in, in, in oh, other party one podcasts. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's you can say it. I harp. <laughs> um, um, so in, in in your in your harp harpingness um, of the of of the currency conversions, I understand your your discussion about whether or not we have too many currencies in the game, and I won't defend whether or not we have too many currencies in the game, and um, I use the term currency lightly because it's not because I'll get all kinds of arguments about how there's supposed to be no money in the future. This is—it's not money. This is just this. This is like influence or, Shit. or, or it's, you know, it's accounting. It's 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 work. I mean, you play. Uh, uh, right. You know, in Starfleet, there's no money, but you're not. But there's some sort of there's some sort of uh, there's still some something going on how people rank up and in, in in the there's world. There's still a right? unit of account. Uh, yeah. Well, if, if, I'm not even talking about money. I'm not even talking about just the in order to buy goods. But you know, reputation uh, system is you're earning reputation. It's like okay, you've now earned our trust sure. to go and do to that we can sure. that you can be trusted with this kind of technology, or you can be trusted with this kind of access to this to this to this mission. Um, so sure. the, the 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 marks are not are not literally to be taken as cash. Uh, so, 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 I, so I'm just using that as a preference because, uh, because we say the word currency. I'm trying to say it in the loosest form because I, I don't want, I'm, not, I'm trying to avoid the arguments about there's not supposed to be any money in Star Trek. Right. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an influence, it's a reputation, it's a, um, so it's a, so um, the, the, the point was whether or not we have too many of them now. And um, and and again, I won't defend whether or not there are too many, but um, I I don't think I like the idea. And I'll say I I really should say we uh, like the idea of of allowing people to convert their currencies, their convert their marks from say Romulan marks into Omega marks, um, or or whatever whatever currency it is, because. We already know for a fact that there are some pieces of content in the game that people don't play, and we want to address that. For instance, there are some PvE queues that people don't play, and there are some that people play a lot. And the bottom line is people play the ones that A, are fun, or, but really, if you, realistically, they're playing for the ones that are the most efficient. They give you the best rewards. For the time in space, space, for example. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there are for some example. there there are some that 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 just aren't getting played, and so we need to adjust that. So we 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 we've taken a good a good uh, some good data looks at those and what what are people not playing. And so, in the in in the in the near future, we'll be improving those rewards or doing things like weekly events to encourage people to play that content. 
The problem with that happens is that there are some people that do want to play that content, but there's no one to play with. We have some content that we checked over a month that like was only played like five times. It was really, really terrible. So we need to fix that yes. content, and we need to improve those rewards. I guarantee you if I put 100 marks in some of those contents, people will play it. So there's, there's, there's ways to get motivate people to play the content. Um, yeah, I'll go you one better. You put a 100 mark, choose, you know, 100 mark, uh, choose your box, you know, choose your mark box in there. That, that you, you avalanche. You'd have an avalanche people. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because they, um, they, they could pick the currency they wanted. Yeah. They could play the. And, and, and we've done a lot. We've done a lot of that. We, we I, I don't yeah, want to turn yeah. all the content into choose your marks, which because we, you know, I like we like some that overlaps, but the, that that's not any different than necessarily saying just convert to whatever you want. Because if you say that if anyone could, the same, yeah. if anyone could convert to whatever they want, they people will people right now play the easiest content for Romulan marks, the easiest content for Omega marks, the easiest content for Tholian marks, and soon they'll find the easiest or most I'll say the most efficient content for for Voth, Dyson, Sphere Marks. And so um, if you can convert anything to anything, they'll probably, everyone will probably go and play like Azura Nebula or something like that. And that's where every, and then I'll just convert everything to the tokens that I want. So basically we want the, the, the currency, the different marks bottom line allows us to direct, to make sure that people are playing the different content. So that way people, people always have other people to play with and people aren't just funneling to the path of least resistance. And if How there's a... This? How about this? What if the path of least resistance only gave you the mark for that particular reputation? So, like, for example, the Infected Space Elite, you only got Omega marks for that. But the other content that nobody ever plays, all that stuff dropped, the choose-your-mark stuff. So you may get some guys that are out there going, hey, you know, I need to get some Romulan marks. Hey, I need to get some Nukara marks. We can all go agree to play some board content that nobody ever plays because then I can choose what mark box I get. Perhaps. It's a little fictionally weird and you know, taking design out of the equation, it's a little fictionally weird to earn Romulan or or Voth or Tholian marks from playing a piece of board content. So it's just a little a little fictionally weird. Just, um, just have Admiral Devac come down and go, yeah. hey, I'm taking over all the reputations and so, you know, uh, this is the one that uh, gets you just this one, the only reward. All this other stuff, you know, I have oh. the authority. So doing all that, you know, we can, you know, we can have event events or, you know, and we could break fiction doing that. It still doesn't change the fact, it still doesn't reduce the number of marks. The idea of having like a universal mark currency, which is what I've heard asked for. I don't know if you've asked for that specifically or being able no, to just I, I, universally I, I, translate from one to another. I mean, bottom as, line as, is. Yeah, to, from a game defend, spot, you need that. Yeah. Yeah. From, from, just from, 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 because it's, it's, you're not the only one who's talked about it. From a, from a design standpoint, the different marks exist because we, it is how we make sure that people play different content. You want, you want these rewards, which is in this rep, you have to play this content. That's the game. And so that's, that's what the game is. Play this content. You can, and Because and, there are some people who love if you don't If some people don't like content, there are some people who love it. And we want to make sure that everybody is playing everything. Um, so that's the reason we do it. And doing a conversion is a very slippery slope. Even even having certain content that currently offers multiple marks is also slippery slippery slope. But there's a balance because it's there because if we have too much content, we start spreading our, 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 our you know spreading everything out way too thin. And and the fact that that some content uh, has some overlaps allows everyone to kind of play the same content and uh, 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 and and earn whatever they're working on, right? Because as your nebula is a good example, you can earn, I think, fleet, 
Bolian and, and Romulan, I think, is what you can get from there. And so yeah. um, that allows people who are working on one rep to also be working on it with other people who are working on another rep. So yeah. um, it's it's not – all I want to say is that it's there, one single silver bullet draconian solution isn't the right answer. There's It's a little bit of – it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, otherwise, just people will just exploit it. They will just kind of go at the least resistance. Yeah. So, and that's you have to make sure that that doesn't exist. So it's it's not you can't just say, you know, we'll just cut it loose and everyone can just convert anything to anything. That would just be a big mistake. Again, a special thanks to Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, for joining us this week. Don't miss the second part of the interview due out later this week by subscribing to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Now let's move into our community spotlight with Chivalry Bean's Foundry review of In the Shadow of Midas by Green Dragoon. Chivalry Bean here with another Foundry Officer Report. Today I took a stroll over to the Delta Quadrant in The Shadow of Midas by Green Dragoon. In the Shadow of Midas revisits the Midas Array from Voyager, but this time you get a ticket to ride all the way to the Delta It's a dangerous mission, but the lives of two other Starfleet ship's crews depend on you. Will you be able to rescue them in return, or will you suffer the same fate? In the Shadow of Midas uses Foundry Tech to great effect has a multifaceted story that unfolds throughout the mission, and rich custom maps. At several points, special effects are used that add enrichment and liven up the maps. In one case that could have been a map transition was instead an engaging trip across the galaxy. Once the investigation begins, the story begins to unfold, revealing layers and weaving together in a complex plot. There are also points where, if you desire, you can look up ship and captain records of the two ships you are being sent to rescue. This adds depth to the mission if you wish to take a moment to read it. The space maps and ground maps have rich detail and feel like real locations in the game. I enjoyed exploring and taking less obvious routes on the maps where I could. There were two spots I found that could be augmented. Some ground enemies on the outdoor map are just standing around in a clump. Placing them around the map, hiding in nooks, or at least milling about would be an improvement. Also, this is part one of two, and two isn't done yet, and it ends in a cliffhanger. However, it is a great place to end the mission, and it left me wanting more. In the Shadow of Midas is a top quality mission which builds the story around you as you explore and communicate with the characters and interact with the world around you. A special thanks to Chivalry Bean and his Foundry review of In the Shadow of Midas by Green Dragoon. Make sure to check that out in Star Trek Online. Let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other. All right. Our first piece of feedback comes from Sean Newboy. Sean, you're a man of few words, but you say it well. He writes... Excellent show, everyone. Profound. Profound, sir. Tawani writes in, Just an interesting tidbit. J.G. Hertzler, a.k.a. General Martok, was supposed to be the new bad guy in Star Trek Renegades, but he ended up not being able to do the role because he has a teaching obligation which he couldn't get out of, and because he's running for town council in Ulysses, New York. 
Vote Klingon. Last, I love the new ship. It's the second ship I've ever purchased, the MVAE being the first. Uh, I love the new Avenger. I'm flying that thing around quite a bit. Got a little cannon build on it I'm kind of enjoying. Yeah, it's a fun little ship. Yes, the Avenger is, in fact, a beautiful ship. And, Captains, hopefully you enjoyed last week's episode with our field notes segment with Epsilon, where he gave us the basics for setting up the Avenger class. Well, that was all the feedback we had this week. Most of you have been spending your time and uh, literary energies on our Ask Captain Gecko thread. We've got over 10 pages of stuff to go through for the interview prep, so thanks to everybody who's been uh, uh, contributing to our feedback that way. Rest assured, I'll be going through all of that in the days to come for our interview. Uh, We want to thank everybody who uh, has uh, followed us on Twitter. It's great to see that community growing. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So let us know what you think of the show or submit your responses for our community questions in the comments section for this episode or on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. But wait, there's a new method. We're introducing a new way for you to leave feedback. Now you can call us. Give us a call at 609-619-0834 and leave us a message. Standard rates may apply. As a matter of fact, our first message comes from the latest addition to the Priority One podcast team. Skiffy has now joined us as an audio editor for our weekly podcast. And he would like to say hello to everyone. Here's our first voicemail message. Hello. I would like to take the time to introduce myself. My name is James Skifter, or Skiffy, and I'm the new audio engineer for Priority One Podcast. A little of my background includes degrees in both electrical and mechanical engineering, with a specialization in avionics. I live and work in the LA Hollywood area and actively work in sound design, electronic repair, and consulting. A partial list of companies I've worked with includes Apple, Verizon, Caterpillar Logistics, NBC Universal, ABC Disney, Fox, CBS, Warner Brothers, and that list goes on. While this is the first podcast I've worked with, I've been a longtime listener of Priority One, as well as just about every other Stowe podcast out there, and I'm very excited to have this opportunity to contribute not only to Priority One, but also to the Stowe community. Uh, I gotta say, Skiffy, thank you so very much for volunteering to take the reins of audio editing the weekly Priority One podcast. It is not an easy endeavor, especially when it's a volunteer project. Uh, Be that as it may, last week's episode was actually edited by Skiffy, and he did a phenomenal job at his first crack at editing the show. And he wasn't even supposed to. He just, he he did it as a audition, so to speak. And it was so good that we ended up using it. And uh, it was a fantastic episode. Kudos to Skiffy. He's a very talented audio engineer who works in the field uh, over in Hollywood. So uh, we welcome you to the team and we welcome your talents. Thank you so very much. Before we close the show, we do want to give you an update on the status of the Priority One fleet. A big thanks to Rob Ray for taking the bull by the horns and helping to grow the Priority One fleet. What can the Priority One fleet offer you? Well, like most fleets, we offer a very friendly and mature community. Low pressure gaming. As the P1 fleet, there is no activity requirements, no weekly dues, none of that sort. We hope to host monthly fleet events and promote them through our Twitch.tv channel. And, of course, regular daily in-game scheduled events uh, by Rob Ray. It's generally a fun place to hang out, and we would love to interact with you when we're in-game. So be sure to visit PriorityOnePodcast.com. Click on the Fleet button up on top. Join our forums. Let us know that you want to join, and we'll get you a fleet invite. 
Well, that wraps up episode 146, recorded live on TrekRadio.net. Remember, we've moved our Thursday night live recordings on Trek Radio to 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Captains, speaking of new additions to the team, we also want to welcome Kate, a.k.a. L, the Andorian, in her new position as Priority One Podcast's editor-in-chief of blogs, articles, and reviews. We are so excited to have her and welcome her experiences in the cosplay, convention, and greater sci-fi world. If you'd like to join our team as a guest blogger, send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And as you know, we love hearing from you, our loyal listeners. Thank you so much for all of your great questions on the uh, Captain Gecko interview thread. And if you have another suggestion, idea, or topic for any of our segments, or if you have general feedback for us, our email address is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And also, you can now leave us a voicemail at area code 609-619-0834. Remember, kids, that's not a toll-free number, and if you live outside the United States, it'll cost you an arm and a leg. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. And make sure you subscribe through feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Priority One is brought to you by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to find out how you can help support the show. And again, a special thanks to everyone who has contributed and continues to do so. Also, don't forget to support a friend of Priority One Podcast. Check out Splatter Studios' Trek-inspired canvas art. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Special thanks to lead designer Al Captain Gecko Rivera for joining us this week and answering community questions. Thanks to the entire team behind PriorityOnePodcast.com, including our new audio engineer, Skiffy, and our new editor-in-chief, Kate. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Blackstar Radio, and Trek Radio. And special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. But most importantly... Thanks to you, the Star Trek Online community, and our listeners. Without your ongoing support, none of this will be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. I'm actually, I'm actually really, really, ex- I'm actually really excited. I'm actually really excited to get down, get down on it. <laughs> Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to check out these great blogs. Podcast? Podcast? Priority Pro- 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 One Podcast. <clears throat> I don't want to know what Priority One Podcast. Well, you know, it's uh, the it's the cattle prods. You know, uh, it's it's a, it's a podcast about zapping cattle. Well, and that's Cap- it. And that's Good it. radio. That's it. That's Dead it for silence. Stoners. That's right.
I have not yet purchased it. Uh, I may eventually, but uh, but not. Ask yet. Santa Claus. I mean, I did take. I did, oh crap! I take that back. I did buy it. <laughs> yes, I did. You did buy. It. You I just haven't it. flown it yet. I, not I just much. haven't flown it. I take. Flown it. I, I got mixed up with another ship. Well, ask Santa for the other ship. I will ask Santa for the other ship. Oh, because MV MVAE. I got confused with the MVA. Or on the Star Trek forum. Shillelagh. Here's our first voicemail message. <laughs> wow. We're going to fix that in post, right? That'll be fixed in post. Okay, good. Coming soon to a theater near you. I have a cold and my throat makes me sound awesome. Oh my god, I love this mixer. Where did you marry you? Oh, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you didn't see anything you regretted. I, I, did. I had no idea. I forgot that we were live. You guys have to remind me of these things. <laughs> he deaf dog did. Thanks, Farzak. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no? Did you love the mixer? I did. I did say I was in love with the mixer. And I said you ought to marry instead of Emily. <laughs> <laughs> like the candid broadcast <laughs> well that's what we really sound like folks it is it's true this is the discussions that we have backstage this mixer well, is the best when we're not ever. We're, when we're not viciously insulting each other it's got presets it's got presets that i can talk into and it'll like do the right like hallway and slightly larger hallway and slightly larger than the last hallway hallway <laughs> Whatever, man. Can you make you, can you make your voice sound like Stewie? That I can do on my own. <laughs> All right. Uh, what don't was need this? a damn mix board. Feedback. I don't need a damn mix board. I just got an email. Oh, yay! I want low rates on my mortgage. Anyway, I'm gonna hit stop on Audacity. <laughs> All right. Go go Power Rangers. Or you do the falsetto too. Go go Power Rangers. Where's the, where's the where's the mixer go, setting go, for that? Power Rangers, you mighty morphin' Power Rangers. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>